it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. 24-7 Comedy Radio. Thing sucks. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon. Click the Amazon link on SeanTGreen.com to support the Green Room today. And now, live from Silver Lake, California, the host of the Green Room, Sean Green. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Green Room. We're doing it live here on SeanTGreen.com, presented by our good folks over at 247comedy.com. Make sure you head over there. You can uh, check them out, streaming 24-7, stand-up comedy. Get on their iHeartRadio app. they got a channel on there. It's featured very often because it's very funny. And, of course, uh, tons of uh, AM, FM stations. So good times all around. And, of course, the podcast is sponsored by... Amazon. And how do you go there? Well, you don't go to Amazon.com because that's just helping out Amazon. No, you go to SeanTGreen.com, click the Amazon link, and that helps out the green room. I'd like to welcome on my left-hand man, Mr. Logan Lysico. Logan, what's up, man? Hey, hey, hey. All right. Appreciate that. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. It's Fat Logan. This next guy, he's pretty fat, P-H-A-T. He's a He's the guest for uh, this evening. I'd like to welcome on Mr. Eric Dedorian. Eric, what's up, man? Hey, Sean. Hey, Logan. Hey, 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 hey. Here hey. I am. Hey. Appreciate it. Thanks hey. for coming over, man. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me, man. This is really, really cool. Buddy the dog is here. Yep. Hanging out. Buddy's here. We're LL. Drink- Sean Green. This is fun. Yep. Good times all around. We got, uh, we're drinking some Glenlivet scotch. And that, of talking course, over the intro a little bit, I was talking about seeing a dick. <laughs> yeah, that's Sorry right. That, yeah, Logan just thought, is, is that your first dick that you, you've ever seen, Letter Logan? Well, I haven't seen my own dick in a few years, but yeah. Now, why is that, Logan? What do you mean you haven't seen your own dick? My belly. It's, it's pretty big. Getting really no, fat. You're 800 pounds, Logan. You haven't <laughs> seen your own dick because you're 800. Pounds. I know. I'm like, only 400. Logan's passed on. He's, he's packed on a couple pounds, but not. He's not. He's not reaching that period. Yeah. You've I'm seen constantly fluctuating. I did. I packed on a few pounds, lost them, uh, probably back to normal. But is this the lost 15 pounds, gained it right back? Is this the first ever foreign dick you've seen? Yeah, I was just walking down the street from our house, or excuse me, <laughs> Silver Lake Studios. <laughs> And uh, there was a dude, dude, he looked like he was peeing, but he was facing the street. I, I was like, what's that dude doing? And then he, like, saw me, so he moved his hand. I looked closer. He was just hanging out with his dick hanging out. Now, wait, what? Did you did you follow up any more with this? I really regret not saying, like, hey, dude, your dick's hanging out. You I really it? wanted to say, like, after I walked by him, I was like, oh, I should have said did that. Did you just see what his reaction was? Did you was. make eye contact with him? Yeah, she I kept made, looking at him like, dude, is your dick out? Like, no. what? Like, he was looking at me, too. I was like, what? So, you going to zip that up? In my mind, I didn't no, say anything. I was no. just trying he to... He was waiting for you, Logan. <laughs> he was waiting for you. Well, I, cr- I walked right... T- I was crossing the street, so I was sort of walking toward him. So maybe he was... It was a little proposition that I didn't understand what was going on. He was just putting it out there, waiting for... You know, just throw it out yeah. there for Logan to come how, on back. How close did you get to the dick? <laughs> well... I walk. I mean, I was walking right toward him, and then I saw that his dick was hanging out, and I kind of made like a little diagonal turn <laughs> so that I didn't have to like be right up next to him. It was right. weird. 
And, and by the way, there was also like a family walking up the way that was going to walk right by him. Right. He was just waiting for them. So you took a bullet. You took a you took a dick bullet for the family. Sort of, except they also they probably, <laughs> probably saw, saw his dick. dick. Who's not going to see dick? I mean, it's Silver Lake. It's Friday night. Why not? Right. Yeah, he's dick. probably been drinking. Probably had some. Do you guys want to get the podcast started? Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do All it. right. Appreciate uh, Eric, you coming on. Like I said, we're uh, having some Glenlivet scotch, and uh, Glenlivet passed along the scotch. And uh, later on in the episode, we'll be we'll be uh, airing a little tasting. I did a uh, guy called in, and uh, yeah, he was a uh, brand ambassador for Glenlivet scotch. They were nice enough to provide some scotch, and uh, yeah, good times. Nice smooth scotch. Now, uh, Eric. Yes, sir. You um, you were uh, you were noticing my American flag. I you were it. you were celebrating America by saying America. Yes, America. I love America. Now you're you're a big fan of America. I'm a huge fan. And you weren't even born in America. I'm Where were you born? I'm an immigrant. I was born in uh, Beirut, Lebanon. 1982 is when I was born, and I moved to North Hollywood, California, when I with my family, obviously not with myself, uh, when I was five years old. You moved to North Hollywood from Beirut. From Beirut. So one war zone to another, yeah. North Hollywood. Yeah. Now, what? Why did you guys? Why did you guys leave Lebanon? Well, the American dream, Sean. The American dream, you know, uh, looking for uh, education, a better life, and uh, my family uh, decided that that was the thing that was going that uh, that they were gonna do to provide that for me, and my sister. I have a younger sister, three years younger, and uh, so that was that was that was the crux, and then. Uh, most of my uh, family was already here. They'd okay. already moved from Lebanon. Like my uh, most of my uh, mother's siblings, she has uh, two two brothers and a sister. They're all here. So there's a lot of family here. Like that was just you know, it just felt like the thing to do. Yeah, Lebanon uh, didn't really seem like it was gonna pan out <laughs> uh, for us. It was it was like in a rocky future. It yeah, was unclear it was, uh, whether it was it was up in the air. It was up in the air uh, whether or not Lebanon was going to still exist. That's, I mean, that's crazy. So you're, you moved over here when you're like six years old. Yeah. Now, what, what are your memories from Lebanon? Because I imagine you got to you, – you must have remembered some stuff. I got a lot of stuff. I, um, I, remember, I remember hearing uh, like bomb sirens going off. I remember like – I remember bombs going off. I remember like that happening because it was like, you know, it was Beirut, Lebanon in the early 80s. Not a fun place to be. is is legitimately a war zone. So there were, uh, you know, bombs and shelters. I remember a lot of shelters. I remember being moved around a lot when I was a baby, like with a toddler. And uh, I remember one of the things that was like that's really vivid is listening to the radio and like hearing off the names of the dead. Like there would be like bombings. Like we would all because Beirut's not a big city. It's probably the size of San Diego. Um, and there would be like bombs. same same kind of guys. Yeah, a lot of, yeah, lot of yeah. surfers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of backwards, <laughs> a lot of backwards hats and left-handed fish tacos <laughs> going on. <laughs> a lot of longboarders, jarheads, yeah, a, yeah. a lot of marines there yeah, hanging yeah. out. Camp Pendleton uh, was in Beirut for a while. <laughs> um, yeah, so like I would, uh, you know, there would be uh, on the radio. There would just be like a, a list of of names of like the dead. Of, of of a bombing. That's crazy. And I remember, and I remember that. And like, I have a pretty long memory, which is more of a curse than anything else. But uh, 
that, I remember that. I remember the the uh, the trip to America being like a super long like. Now, do you do you, do you have an idea of like your parents explaining, "Hey, we're going to America. This is what it's going to be like." Do you remember any sort of expectations? That you had as a kid coming to America. Not at all. Because I, I vaguely remember moving when I was the same age, yeah. but it was just like, hey, we're going to a new house. But I don't remember thinking anything that drastic. And, and it wasn't really – I mean it's moving to a different part of America, but not obviously as drastic as moving from Lebanon to America. Uh, yeah, Southern California. Uh, no, not at all. No, what uh, your, did your parents do for a living? What were they involved in in Lebanon? My mom was a housewife and my dad – worked in some sort of I can't really I don't really I'm not really sure like it was like a uh some sort of warehouse it was like some sort of like he was like uh like machine I I I can't I don't even know what it is like it was like uh, I I should, I should probably talk machines it machine. was machine machinist he's he's he worked in yeah he was a machinist okay he uh I don't know what he did it's all right. Really, I was so. I like how you said five. the word machine, and you're like, if I say the word machine, machine. it'll come to me. Just keep machine. moving around, machine. He was a machinerer. So now you come to America at age uh, six. Did you know five, English? Six. Yeah. Uh, no. no. Okay. I spoke Armenian, and I my parents told me, will tell me now that I spoke Arabic. I don't remember speaking Arabic, and I don't. I can't speak Arabic now. Like I don't. I haven't retained any Arabic. I speak Armenian. Um, so no, I didn't speak any English. Now, was that? Did you? Do you have like vivid memories of being like, oh my god, I'm, I'm totally yeah. out of place. Oh, I can't yeah, speak even the language. Yeah, I remember uh, my first. This is, I have a lot of it. Right? Uh, the first night that I ever spent in America, I remember seeing a sprinkler for the first time. <laughs> Um, that seems like such a mundane detail, but yeah. I imagine if you'd never seen the idea of just like, yeah. yeah, we just use water to up. just... It woke me up. It, it was, uh, uh, we were living in, we, my aunt, my uncle, and my grandma lived in a house in North Hollywood, and we moved there, my sister my and my parents, my mom and my dad, and we were sharing a bed, the four of us, in one bed, and I remember waking up. And I remember it was like, oh my god, it's raining so hard. It's raining super, super hard outside our window. And my dad was like, no, 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 it's just the sprinklers. And I was like, I don't know what that is. And I, I remember looking outside the window and I remember seeing sprinklers for the first time and like that blowing my little tiny, stupid five-year-old brain. And so that, that was like one of the first things I remember. And I also, uh, strawberry milk. Oh, yeah. And cereal. Cereal is cereal like the, the first thing I was like, what? Is this. <laughs> this is interesting. I'm into this. Well, see, even a, I, I don't know if that's even a foreigner experience. I feel like I had the same reaction to cereal. Just like, yes, this is what I'm on board with. This it's is, just kids. Yeah. yeah, it's just kids. As a kid, yeah. just yeah, cereal is such a great thing. And then you get that second bowl, a little bit of the leftover sugary milk that mixes together. Nothing beats it, man. So good. The cereal so still good. holds up today too. As a kid, oh, did you get any cereal with the? Uh, Mix it up with the strawberry milk? Yeah, oh yeah. That's what it was. It was like, I remember uh, strawberry milk in cartons, and I haven't really ever gotten back to that, but I remember like strawberry milk and Cheerios. Oh, That's man. That's what I did. Yeah. Sounds That's like a I solid did. combo. It was so good. 
So now you're <laughs> you're out here in America. You're slowly being accustomed to our strange ways. Yeah, hanging out as a uh, as a kid. When did you start feeling like? When did you start feeling accepted at school and feel like I'm not as much as an of an outsider? I'm more feeling like more a part of what was going on in school. In, well, that's the thing. That's the thing. Was like I kind of got like. Um, Stunted, I feel like, because I lived in Southern California and I went to an all-Armenian school and it was, I lived in an all-Armenian community, pretty much the valley, like, um, so I didn't really get, um, immersed in American culture because I was still, like, like, doing the immigrant thing, you know, it's like, like, when you go to Koreatown and all the, all the restaurants are Korean, yeah. everybody speaks Korean, it's like, it was that, you know, like, yeah. that was my life. Like, or I you go to Los Angeles and everyone speaks Spanish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so And you're like, I don't, I don't fit in here. I thought yeah. this was America. I didn't really, like, you know, I, I, um, I started reading, like, there was, uh, there were, there were American teachers at my school that taught English, and I, like, uh, I learned how to read English, and I was watching a lot of television, and so, like, English was kind of stored, like, slowly, you know. I feel like people say that a lot, or foreigners will say, oh, I learned English by watching X, Y, and Z TV oh, show. Batman. Do you remember, it, what, what were the shows that helped you learn English? That's Batman? always, a oh, Batman. The old Batmans? <laughs> remember the old, like, uh... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, Caesar, no, 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 Batman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Caesar Romero Batmans, uh, Lucy, uh, Lucille. <laughs> I just got so immigrant just then. <laughs> uh, Lucille Ball. And no, they, uh, they, uh, Jay Leno. And, uh, <laughs> the and Jay Leno. They, that's funny, though, like, yeah. In my head, if I learned language from these TV shows, I would also just pick up the styles yeah. of the TV show. Hey, you guys, yeah. uh, you like, guys noticed uh, this one Carl, the news today? Like, Carl Winslow was like my dad, man. <laughs> like, TGIF. See, now the thing is, what does that say? You know what Carl Winslow did for a job. Come on, you yeah. don't even, <laughs> your actual dad, you don't know what he did? Yeah. He was a machinist. <laughs> <laughs> he was a machinist. So did you say things like Robin on Batman, like jumping pajamas? Uh... <laughs> No, but I did. <laughs> no, but I did like because I would watch. It was it was so mixed. Everything was so mixed. It was like I I wasn't I wasn't allowed to watch a lot of stuff. Like I couldn't watch The Simpsons. I couldn't watch Married with Children. I couldn't oh, watch bummer. Married with That's Children. That was always American culture. Yeah, and I couldn't watch uh, wrestling. Oh was, really? Yeah, and then so I let, wait. I now, still, what was the what was the reason of wrestling? The insane amount of homoeroticism no for anything. I didn't. I just. They were just rolling. They're like, we don't want I you. Violence is so stupid. <laughs> we don't want you learning about violence. Sure, you grew up bouncing around from one you. bomb shelter to another, but we don't want to see you. We don't want to see you witness a man jump off a ladder in spandex. And, <laughs> exactly. We don't want stylized, um, hilariously fake violence. Only to experience tons of real violence as a child that we must yeah. leave and never speak of again. Well, exactly. I mean, but maybe that's part of it like maybe you if you grew up in an actually legitimate violent area the idea of violence is entertainment that's got to be crazy like if you grew up having tons of street fights you probably don't want to watch wwe you probably think hulk hogan's a pussy like no when i hit a guy over the back of the head with a chair he goes out all right his teeth are knocked out i take his wallet that's a part of my life you don't yeah you want something else for your entertainment i guess as your kids you're like well i mean I also very much 
snuck in a lot of wrestling. <laughs> that was the forbidden, the oh, forbidden yeah. fruit. Because, well, it was on right after uh, Batman on Saturday mornings. It was like a Saturday. It was like uh, Batman would be on at eleven. It'd be two episodes of Batman, and then it'd be wrestling at noon on Saturdays. And I would always sneak in the fucking wrestling. And the Simpsons would just happen. Like I would just sneak that in no matter what. Oh yeah, I was like. Around Laker games and stuff. And yeah, you couldn't miss the yeah. Simpsons. Oh, and that's funny that you say the uh, the the wrestling. I was never like a big wrestling fan. I remember my cousin Rob was like a big wrestling fan, and I early on realized that was fake. Yeah, yeah, I believed in Santa Claus for a really long time, yeah. but I thought that was like a religious, spiritual thing, yeah. so I turned my blind eye to fact and reason on that. <laughs> but professional wrestling, I knew was fake early yeah. on, and then he would go, look, they just you, we just watched the beginning of WWE Saturday morning. They just played that disclaimer, all right, because this stuff is real. Like, no, they say, <laughs> they say don't attempt this at home because if you actually did this, you would be murdered. And he was like, no, 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 they just don't want you stealing their – like he just had some convoluted lies. Logic, but his idea was that since they gave the warning, that meant it was real. And that same cousin, I remember the only time my mom, I think, successfully played a practical joke. My mom's not like a real jokester. <laughs> She'll just laugh like randomly at a, uncomfortable moments because she's just the awkward tension takes over and she just laughs right. like. So her sense of humor is um, in a, it's a different it's a different style, but. I mean, she's she's a funny person, but not like a real jokester. But she uh, told my cousin that she was a professional wrestler when we were like seven, and he really believed her. Because she was like, I I don't know what, I don't know how it came up, but we were like jumping around on the bed, and my mom's like, I'm going to throw you off that turnbuckle, and he's like, I think he was like, how do you know that term? She said she was a pro wrestler. I don't, I don't really remember everything about the story, but I do remember my mom convinced my cousin for a brief period of time. Hold on here. How did she know that term? I don't know. Term my mom, my mom's a savvy lady. She probably overheard him. I think she was a wrestler, bro. <laughs> she I think your fucking mom was a wrestler, dude. She might have been. I think she overheard him trying to convince you that it was real. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, that's I'm so gonna funny. mess with this if, kid. Like, if you're gonna be like, if you're gonna tell like one joke. That's the joke. That right. No, and it's a, it's a great – yeah, I mean I knew it was fake, but I also was like kind of like, hey, what's going on? Something something doesn't seem right. Uh, maybe – no, mom wouldn't be a professional wrestler. She would have told me that. <laughs> so you're, you're growing up in San Fernando Valley, having a good time. Yeah. Coming me. here fresh off the, off the boat. Off the, was it a boat? A it, plane? Was a, it was a, a Luft, Lufthansa. Lufthansa. Yeah, I remember uh, – we spent a night in, uh, so we flew through, we had to take a, we drove to Israel from Lebanon. Okay, and now, I remember, and I, for people who have no idea about geography, like myself, what are we talking? Israel's right next door. Okay. It's like uh, Nevada and then California. It's uh, a good example uh, of next door. Right. But it's also <laughs> not uh, politically, uh, you know, uh, the Arabs and the Jews, they don't know. Uh, they, they have a history. They, not getting along. They got a history. In wrestling terms, they're macho man to uh, Hulk Hogan. Right. I assume. I just assume everyone's enemies in wrestling. Right. Uh, like uh, Sting and Lex Luger. <laughs> WCW. Just you know, just to, just uh, like just cover like, all the bases. Yeah, Sting and great music. Right. Just <laughs> total enemies. But uh, I remember going through like Israel. We flew. We had to drive to Israel and then flo- fly from Israel to Germany, which is funny. Um, but, uh, we flew into Berlin, and I remember that being, like, 
Like, it's just, like, weird, you know, like, flash memories of being, like, super young. But uh, that's the first time I was ever in a hotel room. Now, were you in... Were you worried? Was there any sense of... Well, I mean, I don't know if you've talked to your parents about this, or was there any sense of danger, like, oh, we're leaving Lebanon, we're not allowed to leave Lebanon, were you allowed to we immigrate? Were. No, no, no. Okay. you could, like, you could, you could, okay. and I don't know why exactly we had to go through Israel, like, I know that my dad uh, was definitely, like, in political, like, politically active, um, and, like, had guns and shit. And was like a militia type dude. And my mom's family, they were really well off. They were kind of like, uh, there were, um, there were a lot of dudes that were like in my mom's family, like my grandpa, for example, and like my mom's uncle, his brother, my grandpa's uncle, uncle's grandpa's brother? <laughs> Sorry. Your great uncle? Um, they were, um, they were like, uh, kind of heads of, like, political factions. I guess, like, factions is, like, the right word. Um, political so, parties? Yeah, 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 political parties. So, like, violence was just, like, always around. Like, that's how my parents met. It was, like... At a violence party? Yeah, at a violence party. It was, it was really cool. It was, like, uh, it was at uh, Rutgers. Uh, <laughs> at a keg, we're just going to yeah. be head some infidels. <laughs> it was Rutgers uh, 99. Yeah. Was keg really party cool. got out of control. It was an argument over beer pong. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's funny because, well, I mean, it's, it's a not, foam, it's a it's foam not, party, but it's not. It's not, I mean, it's not that funny, but you want to talk about my experiences with Lebanon. The only experiences I had was that in college and in high school, instead of beer pong, we called it Beirut. That was a, what well, we called it because you're, you're basically you throwing bombs yeah. at the other. So, wow. That's uh, yeah. one degree of separation, I guess and, you could say. And there was a band, there's also a band called Beirut and. I think that's wrong too. That's okay. just that's wrong. Right. I was it, I was young. I was misinformed. Yeah. I had met pong, some. Well, with beer pong is like it's fine. It's funny. Yeah, At least, exactly. but with a band name, it's like you know, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you don't appreciate that. No, you draw the line. Because <laughs> it's like you know, the, 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 there's no uh, you know, if I can get a laugh out of it, then uh, there's no point. Sure. You know, go fuck yourself and your music, Beirut. Yeah. Screw Beirut. All right. So you're over here hanging out. Here I am. Getting uh, getting the, the the full American experience. Yeah. Now we we were uh, we were just doing a um, we did a couple of comedy shows in the Bay Area. We'll get to that in a little oh, bit yeah. here. But I remember we were driving up and we were getting on the subject of high school uh-huh. and just like I'm always interested to hear what people's high school's experience was. Like, did they consider were they a not were they a jock were they a nerd? Kind of what was their whole thing? And you had a great line. You just go. My memory of high school is I was just sleepy a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I felt like that just summed up uh, a lot of uh, apathy and yeah. just. I would just uh, I would just stay up all night watching television, and and wake up early and like obviously you have to wake up super fucking early for high school. It's crazy. Um, and I just remember just being really tired all the time and just like having no energy, um, and. I wasn't a jock. I really, really, really wanted to be a jock. <laughs> I really wanted to be jock. I wanted to be, like, ever since I was a kid, like, uh, going back to, like, what we were talking about, like, assimilating into, like, American culture, like, one of the things was basketball, you know? Like, yeah, you're a big Lakers fan. I was they a just big won. Lakers fan. I was a big basketball fan, like, and that was one of the things that got me into, like, American culture, you know? And, uh, 
And so, like, in high school, like, I just wanted to be a fucking basketball star. And that just, you know, uh, that's not that's not for everybody. You have to <laughs> we are, we're on a rec league uh, basketball team. You're, I think you're a pretty solid player. I'm okay. I'm okay. But you, I'm got a, you got a three ball. You like to throw it up there. <laughs> I'm a chucker. I'm a chucker. <laughs> it is funny because we'll be... I mean, our team is awful. We play for the uh, UCB team. It's an all-comedy league, and there's, like, each comedy club kind of has its own team. Yeah, we're on the UCB comedy team, uh, Upright Citizens Brigade, a little improv scene. It's the perfect, perfect, like, if there was going to be a UCB rec league basketball team, like, we are the ragtag bunch of idiots. Just a hilarious bunch of weirdos (laughs) who just are not good at... Cornell Reed, where are you at, Cornell? Yep, Cornell. He's our star. He's a, he's a regular on the show. Cornell is actually a really good uh, basketball player. He's really good. And we have we have moments where we're on a nice run, but we're still 0-7, not, not pulling it together. Ooh. Eric uh, threw up a couple of three-pointers and then beats himself up on Ill-advised. Twitter. <laughs> Ill-advised, I would say. You know you know me, I'm, uh, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to be the hero. Well, that was my, we had a game, and it was like me, Cornell, and Eric, and it's just the it's the total comedy thing. Like each of us was going around trying to like take total blame for the loss. Like, <laughs> no, if I would have had that inbound pass, we would have won the game. And then Cornell's like, I can't believe I missed that one free throw. That's all we need to win the game. And Eric's like, if I wouldn't have chucked up that three for no reason, Ill we would have won the game. Ill advised three, and I and I still to this day. <laughs> Want to say that that loss was on me? I I took that three. You know what? Maybe I want to be the hero. Maybe Mm -hmm. I want to win the game. And maybe I took that three. Ill advice. Well, I was on the bench at the time, Eric, and when I saw that go up, I go, what the hell is he thinking? It's going in and it's going to... Oh, wow. No, not even close. I just missed the rim. Not so much. Now, what comedy team is... Kind of rocking the league. Is there? There's a there's a couple. Well, there's there's a there's a high high correlation of guys being shitty at comedy and guys being at good at the rec league basketball. Yeah. Plus, then there's so, there's so the Laugh Factory the team is rocking it. Laugh. Well, there's a, what happens is there's a couple. There are a couple funny guys who are actually legitimately good ballers. But then there's also there's a couple ringers. Like there's this one guy who I don't think's ever even gone to an open mic, and somehow he played D one basketball. This other team recruited him. And yeah, it's. I mean, most of the people in these leagues played were not starters in high school basketball. I mean, I never played basketball until maybe like five, six years ago. I started playing. This is like out of college, even. So, well, you know, I just uh, great picks. Yeah, it's just all fundamentals, man. No, no, no. You get rebounds. You're the guy. You're the guy. (laughs) You are. You're the glue. Our team. You set picks. I try to boards. Yeah, man. You know what? In your shots, in your your shot's not it's not there all the time. No, but it's uh, no. you know it's gonna fall. I can yeah. attest you to Sean. I can attest to Sean being. I'm gonna keep good. throwing you the ball, Sean. That's what I'm gonna say. Here's the thing: my shot it's in and out, but uh, you know, like a, a couple games ago, got the mid range jumper going. It was feeling sure. pretty good. But yeah, yeah I mean, it's you're yeah, a I'm no. Uh, I love it. I love it. I, you're a great teammate. Thanks. I want to say I want to go on the record <laughs> as saying that I. I appreciate you on my team and Cornell also. Cornell, he was, great. He he's just a, he's a great player. He's that's incredible. really and he's incredible. That's what you need. You he's need a guy magician. like you need a guy like Cornell who can who can hit some threes. Cornell, um, yeah, he's, great, great from the outside. He's incredible. So now you're you're slowly getting assimilated into American culture. You're you're not you're not. I feel like you're lacking an identity in high school. Is right. that was that is that no true? Identity. No identity at all. And now, what was the plan coming out of high school? 
zero plan there, Sean. Uh, <laughs> that, was another, that was another line you were talking to yeah. us about on the road trip in comedy. You were like, yeah, senior year, people just started showing up with bumper stickers and sweatshirts from colleges they were in. And I was like, what the hell happened? How does that happen? Were you really that clueless as to how the college happened? Now, and and I'm, I'm doing it thinking like, oh, what is what is this? Like you you can't be that knocked over my oh, drink. Party. You can't be that off of like the the basic process. But then you think about it, like, oh, whoa, no! Man. If you didn't grow up in America, oh, you yeah. kind of miss out on well, the on the formula. I don't want to blame it on uh, being everything. Uh, <laughs> okay, because there's a lot of really really good immigrants out there that are working really hard. <laughs> right, and, uh, but enough about the Japanese. But it's. <laughs> but I, 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 honest to God, man, like I, uh, to put it lightly, I am a uh, slow on the take. Slow on the I, take. I. Uh, uh, Here, here's the thing that Eric, if I had to describe the your, of the wit. your your ability to take stuff is that you're you're kind of a guy who just has you're a guy who has a lot of thoughts. So like the idea of. College is probably overwhelming just because there's too much. There's too many options. Too you much. can I can picture you sitting there daydreaming about this right. college, that college, these different lives, and just like, do you want to know? Just what kind college? of lose, like spiraling in these crazy vortexes right. without being pragmatic enough to <laughs> fill out the application. Ding ding ding, Sean <laughs> I'm a great psychologist. Exactly right, dude. Um, and it's really funny, you're going to laugh when I tell you the two colleges that I was kind of aiming for in that way, yep. where it was like, I, uh, yeah, I'm probably going to end up there. Uh, <laughs> one of them, the University of North Carolina. <laughs> so you just had a feeling you would get <laughs> to the University of North Carolina. It's like my favorite basketball player of all time. Yeah, I was going to say, this is Michael Jordan related, right? right? No, it's James Worthy. Logan. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he's a Lakers fan, Logan. Lakers fan. So Lakers. now, um, what was your GPA in high school? Oh. Uh, if you don't mind us asking. took it there. took it there, Sean. <laughs> my, uh, my graduating GPA, this is a true story, my graduating GPA in high school was 0. .9. <laughs> Whoa. 0. .9. You graduated? I graduated. I had, to take, uh, I had to take a Spanish test, uh, an open book Spanish test on the last day of high school, on the senior sit-out day. You ever had a senior sit-out day? Yep. Yeah. Uh, on senior sit-out day, I had to take an open book Spanish test, uh, which I failed. <laughs> and I failed. <laughs> no, wait. How it does... sounds like you're going to say that's the only reason you graduated, but no. then you just failed that. Now, how does, how, does that, how does that work? You're sitting oh. there with the open book. The teacher's there, I imagine. Your friends are all swimming in their pools and Well, I was whatnot. sleepy. I was sleepy. <laughs> I was a little tired, and I just wanted to go home. Um, I don't know what it was, man. Like, I was just so... Fuck. Like, being a teenager for me, it was just like... Uh, it was just affect. <laughs> it was just really hard, you know? And uh, I was affectation after affectation. I was just, like, in my own world. I was just out of my fucking skull. And so, like, I failed. Like, I'm smarter than that. Like, I know I'm... I'm uh, I'm not an, I'm, a, I'm not an idiot, but uh, the uh, you were tired. The, the focus, yeah, I was sleepy. Sleepy. <laughs> Sounds like you just need a good nap and a I solid cup of Joe. I would go home. I, this is what I would do. This is what I did in high school. I would uh, after high school, I would go home and I would uh, microwave uh, either a hot pocket or a Farmer John uh, Louisiana sausage. Mm. 
Farmer John. Dodger baseball. Tasty. Right. That's my that's my impression of Vince Cullen. Um, I would uh, uh, microwave either a Louisiana sausage or a hot pocket, and I watch uh, TRL, and I would I, I would sleep. I would just sleep until it was just so depressing. <laughs> I was just a bad. Now was it was lonely. was partying part of an aspect here? Were were chicks involved in high school at all? Oh God, no. Um, not till. Definitely no chicks until after high school. Really? Yeah. Um, and then partying a little bit towards the end of high school. Like senior year, I remember the summer before senior year is when I smoked my first cigarette, drank my first beer, and smoked my first bowl. There you go. That was like... All in, was that all at like one party or one, one dude, week? Eric Herring. Eric, <laughs> one guy. One, one guy. dude. Look my, him up on my Facebook. Best friend, my best friend uh, through middle school and high school and post high school, Eric Herring, got me my... Well, I stole my first cigarette from my mom, but then uh, the weed and the beer was definitely Eric Herring, and it was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome, and then uh, that's, that, that was, that's the next decade. <laughs> I, and then we're now. And fade in. <laughs> fade out, fade in. You so, took one long nap and... Here you, you are. You woke up, you're at a podcast, sipping whiskey and silver like... Who's this, who's this handsome guy in the board shorts? <laughs> Logan Listicow. <laughs> it's Logan. Now, all right, so there was literally no plan coming out of high school. Because that to me just sounds terrifying, not having a plan or not... Having an agenda, and you, what was your take? You're just like, hey, well, I didn't, I didn't know anything about the alternative, Sean. Like, I didn't know that people were doing, were going to college until people that I was friends with went to college. <laughs> like, uh, you know, the, I was a townie for ten years because now townie is a weird term in Los Angeles because like, outside Los Angeles, yeah. Okay. So wait, you were what? Where Claremont. We? Claremont. Yeah. Now, yeah, because I guess, but to, for someone outside of L.A., it's still like, oh, it's kind of L.A. because it's, what, you're like 30 miles out? I would or... go to L.A. frequently on weekends, like right. a lot. Right. But yeah, I mean, just the idea, like, what's a townie in Claremont? What are, you, what are you kind of up to? Well, Claremont's a college town, and I was a bartender and like a waiter. And I would go to college parties, you know? Yeah. Wait, so what did you think college was? You lived in a college town. I lived in a college town, and I didn't know. <laughs> and I didn't know. I just didn't know the thing. Like, going back to, like, junior year of high school is when, like, you apply to colleges, right? Yep. And Well, you got that just, figured out. <laughs> just no clue. Just no clue. I mean... Now, I, did, where were the parents? Where were the folks? Were they, they, were they oh, diehard about my dad, college? My, my dad was... Uh, I mean, uh, my... The, the picture I have of my dad uh, during my high school years is uh, bathed in a dark room, <laughs> bathed in the light of a television glow, watching Moesha, <laughs> just drenched in, uh, in, uh, in candy wrappers. There were just, like, mounds and almonds wrappers that my mom would buy from Costco, and he would just eat one after another, and then he would just... Just covered in candy wrappers, watching Moesha in the dark. This that was my great, dad. This is the greatest country. That's the funniest thing that I've ever my heard. Dad. Take it easy, Logan, with the accents. Whoa. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Um, 
Uh, and then my mom was, like, super depressed. My mom uh, had, like, legitimate uh, depression issues. Well, why? Because she wasn't watching Moesha? <laughs> right, she wasn't watching. She didn't get it. She didn't get it. It was over her Randy, I don't know. I don't know if she can carry a show on the on the CW. Um, uh, but, yeah, my mom had, like, legitimate uh, depression issues, and thankfully uh, I was able to steal some of her Xanaxes. There you go. <laughs> To help you relax, right? Did you did it? Did, was it like, hey, I'm gonna party, or did you feel like, oh, I need some of these? No, no, Xanax. I uh, <laughs> I didn't know what the fuck they were. I just know that they made me feel really good, and that I would fall asleep. And I blame Xanax for uh, me sleeping through 9/11. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> all right, you're all right. Okay, let's we'll touch on 9/11, and then we'll get to the comedy portion. All right, what do you mean sleeping through 9-11? I slept through 9-11. I woke up... Like, you uh, weren't literally one of the TSA screeners, right? No, 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 no. no, no. The idea... (laughs) Or is this literally you slept through 9-11? Well, there's another story. There's another story that it's too crazy to tell. No, come on. Okay, you can't... You can't do that on radio. Listen. You can't say there's a story too crazy to tell. Nobody believe. Nobody's going to believe me. No, we'll believe you. I believe you. I'm listening. I was supposed to be on the flight. Really? Yeah. Which one? The one from Boston to L.A. Wow. The one one from Boston to L.A. because um, uh, this is around the time that I moved to Boston. This is 2001. I was, was, uh, you know, out of high school, uh, bumming around, smoking a lot of weed, playing a lot of uh, pickup basketball at L.A. Fitness, Uh, you know, just being a loser. (laughs) And and I and I was really ready for a move, and I was considering Boston because my aunt lived there, and I I spent summers there, and it was you know three thousand miles away from where I was, um, and there was a trip that I had scheduled. I bought the ticket, and it was uh it was going to be like a kind of like a an expedition trip where I would go to Boston for a week and check it out and see if I liked it and maybe move there. Um, and then, uh, so that flight, 9.50 a.m. from Boston to L.A., that's the flight that... So you went out to Boston for I a didn't, week? I didn't go. Oh, I didn't okay. go. This is the thing. The September 11th flight was a flight from Boston to L.A. The second, uh, airplane that went to the second tower was a flight from Boston to L.A., 9.50 a.m. That was supposed to be my return flight. Wow! From, so you had the itinerary. I had the itinerary, and I and I, I I had the itinerary, and I bought the tickets, and I met this girl. I met this girl a couple of weeks before. I after I bought the tickets, um, and we started hanging out, doing crystal meth, smoking weed, falling in love. And I was like, <laughs> oh. typical yeah. love story. And I, and I was like, I'm not trying to go to fucking Boston right now. I'm now, not trying to go to Boston. So I'm gonna, crystal I'm gonna, meth. I'm gonna stay in LA. Yeah, saved your life. Yeah, crystal meth saved my life. <laughs> So, Let's get that one more time for the PSA. Crystal meth saved my life. The more you know. 9-11. Um, the more you know 9-11. I, uh, so. Now, how does, how does that come about? Because it doesn't seem... Everyone I... Actually, I don't even... true story, man. Like, no, no. I, that's what's fascinating about it. Because normally, I feel like to get into crystal meth, you have to be partying pretty hard. But I, I don't... No. I didn't hear, like, a lot of crazy partying. Did you just meet one girl that was a meth head? Yeah. See, that's what I'm she telling you. Women are the gateway drug. Get out of here. No, uh, I believe. No, well, I mean, uh, you know. Well, From his out, point of view, this is out, a good push, thing to happen. How does, how does it work in? Because for live, me, that that's like 
that kind of stuff, like meth, that's like a crazy no go zone. What yeah. what how did it how did it come up? She just did it, man. Like when I met her, she was already into it because um she the Inland Empire is a kind of a, a hot house a hot house for meth. Like there's just like that's just like there's a lot of it, you know. And it's a lot of uh in the club scene, like the gay club scene mostly, uh in Pomona and that's where like I, I got my meth from was this dude that I worked with who dealt to the gay club scene in Pomona and so I would uh buy this, this meth when once I started buying meth for myself. But Marcy, she um uh, was a punk rock girl. Then she hung out with all these like scuzz punks and like in Pomona, California and like they just did a lot of meth and it sucked. And it was the worst. Do you, do you, uh, the worst drug ever. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it seems like it's pretty crazy. Oh, it's the worst. Was, what was uh, the longest you stayed awake? Um, I would do I would do it regularly every weekend for six months. I would do I would buy it on a Friday night. I would buy it on a Friday afternoon, and then I would stay up until Monday Monday night. Now, do you? How long do you sleep for then? Then you sleep for like a day. I would sleep through like Tuesday. Now you said, how did you? So basically, was that related to not going on that flight to Boston, or you just met this girl? I met this girl. Like this is like okay. Well, going because you had said you slept through nine eleven. Right. I didn't know if there was I actually nine eleven. Is like I met this girl uh, in August um, when I was nineteen, August two thousand one, and. She was just something that I never uh, experienced before. It was like I, she's opened me up to everything. Like I was like I grew up in a really strict household. No meth. No literally meth. no meth. There was literally no <laughs> meth in my household. Lame. Uh, yeah, my mom was anti meth. I don't get it. But, no um, Simpsons. No meth. <laughs> right. No. It was like I. I couldn't. You know. I could only buy CDs from. Um, Walmart, because they were edited. <laughs> and, uh, I, I love how that it's just so funny. Like I was, I was, I was abused as a child. I was only allowed to buy the parental advisory CDs that were already taken out. No, but I get what you're saying. You're speaking to an idea I mean, that that's what it was. It's like your the, parents were strict. The last time uh, my mom ever hit me, she hit me a lot growing up. The last time she ever hit me was on my 18th birthday because I uh, bleached my hair. And she just, uh, she woke me up. I was sleeping on a, I was sleeping, taking a nap because I slept a lot because I was sleepy. <laughs> and then, uh, she woke me up and she slapped me across the face, like, super fucking hard. And it's because I had, like, frosted my tips. <laughs> Which, in hindsight, you know. She's right. Hey. Now she was right. Now, now I think, you know, she's totally fucking right. I remember we did the same thing, me and my buddy. We both dyed our hair, and I just remember we like both of us walked around to his uh, walked around his backyard, and his dad's just like, "Whoa, 
It's like I'm seeing double of dipshits. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. It's it just worst. like, I look, I see what? Oh, there's another one. Oh, you guys get in a fight with a bottle of hydrogen peroxide? What's going <laughs> Like, he just, he just went, he just like riffed old man style on us for like 15 minutes. It was and we just, 90s, I never man. dyed my hair ever again. Yeah. I was so shamed was by worst. an older guy. <laughs> it was the worst. And it made me realize that, yeah, dyeing your hair is dumb. It's stupid. Eminem, it, it worked for Eminem briefly, but then that was not it. Even, not even really. Not even really. He he yeah. was just—he was just too tortured. Yeah, no, no, bleaching, bleaching your hair is the worst. Kids, don't bleach your hair. So you're, it was—it was a strict environment. That's kind of what it was, got you. It was a partying. Strict, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. And and so I met this girl, and she drove a Camaro, and <laughs> she drove, uh, she smoked Marlboro Reds. Whoa! And uh, <laughs> you know she did meth, and so I was like, yep, that's it. That's that's, <laughs> that's that's exactly the opposite of everything that I've ever right. fucking. That's known. exactly of your old man watching Moesha eating candy bars. Your mom hanging exactly, out, man. probably like, just like you said, depressed. Oh, and just they taking a couple Xanax. And they hate her. They hate her so hard. And uh, and so that, that that's and she used to hang out outside uh, the glass house in Pomona, which is punk rock club. This is the best. It's the best um, with these punk punk kids and they would always have meth and we'd do drugs and walk around smoke cigarettes and fucking be idiots yeah um but it was like really good experience for that moment and like you know that time it was just like the exact opposite of everything that i've ever known so you finally got your moment to totally rebel right you took advantage of it what kind of right. got you off that kick um it got to a point where i was like you know, the girl wasn't around anymore, and I was still doing meth, and I was rationalizing, you know, I was I was thinking, it was like, oh, I'm going to be a writer, I want to be a writer, I want to write a book, and I want to write poems, and all this nonsense. Because <laughs> I was reading the beats, that's when I started going to Borders and... Start reading Kerouac and all this. Yeah. And it's funny, like... It, Fucking Ginsburg. You know? It's funny, like, you're talking about the beat poetry scene and, like, you, on the road with Jack Kerouac, but then you're eating at, like, the most... or drinking the coffee at the most yeah. corporate place, like, right. Borders Cafe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you see... This is, this is like, a, a side note. It's, like, uh, the show that we did last night in San Francisco in the marina, um, outside, just right outside of the show, there was, like, a plaque for Allen Ginsberg. No, I didn't see that. It was commemorating the 50 years of the first reading of Howl when he read it in San Francisco. And there was, it was just like a, uh, a plaque and it had like this like paragraph and a picture of, uh, of, of, of the man himself, Ginzy. Um, and then there was the perfect splash of bird shit. Right on, his, <laughs> just right on his face. It's good luck, man. <laughs> I, was, I just thought that was perfect. Like, go fuck yourself. Yep. Nobody, nobody, Do you think you're going to be immortal by yeah. creating a great piece of literature? Nope. No. Some bird's going to shit on a picture yeah. of your face no. 20 years from now. You, There's no escaping our mortality. Well, nobody needs to fucking lionize this fucking asshole because they're all right. assholes. Everyone's an asshole. Well, the beats are the worst. Yeah. A little self-indulgent, but still some good writing. Okay, so now what? Where's the final jump into comedy? Um, comedy happened uh, a couple of years ago when uh, I went. You know, I spent the proper amount of my twenties just working in bars and like 
drinking. I feel like that. Now we we had touched on this uh, in the car ride. Basically, this podcast is just recapping our car ride up it. to San Jose. I love it. Now you would uh, we had talked about like people who start comedy early. Yeah. Now I yeah. started twenty, which is which is pretty early. But I felt like I had how old are you now? Uh, what am I? Twenty eight. You're twenty eight. But okay. I felt like I had. You know, I had gone to school for a couple of years. I right. worked at my uncle's hardware store. I mean, even when well, I was... you started at school, didn't you? No, I didn't. Well, I guess I was still out. Like, I went to Penn State for two years. Then I came out here. Then I started slowly doing comedy and right. doing more and more. But I felt like I still I had enough. Um, and doing it out in L.A., you're just so, so unsuccessful with it for a long time that... Your experiences aren't about comedy. You know, like no. we see these kids who like started doing comedy or stand up in high school and got like a little bit of success or started early enough. Right. Then and there's then, so many of those. And it's not like they're bad comics, but I feel like it's kind of like I can tell stories about having real jobs or right. having real experiences. I feel like right. that kind of stunts your growth as a person to be able to tell stories. And also socially. I think, yeah, exactly. I think, uh, a lot of they're the comics, super, super they're autistic Asperger. They're hard to talk to because they're uh, they grew up on the stage, you know, like they don't have any kind of real life experience socially. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of comedians that that I admire that started when they were super fucking young, like Chappelle and Morgan Murphy and Chris Rock. They're all fucking teenagers when they started. Yeah, that blows my mind. You know, like it's just. Whenever you're going to start, you're going to start. Like, I, you know, I lived in Boston in my early 20s, and a lot of the times I think about kicking myself about, like, not starting when I lived in Boston in my early 20s, starting comedy. But I'd be a completely different person. I wouldn't be the comedian that I am now, and I love the comedian that I am now. Yeah. Um, and I started, you know, when I was 28. And that's that's perfect for me. Like, it's just, whenever the fuck you're going to do it, you're going to do it. Like, yeah. Everyone's got their own journey, Everyone's bro. got their own journey, bro. And uh, speaking of that, we went on a, we had a pretty crazy, I've had a pretty crazy week. Monday night, I did a uh, stand-up comedy show in uh, Pasadena, Old Town Pub, host that show. Then Tuesday night, or I mean Tuesday, I had to wake up early and do some work. And then right from uh, where I was working, drove down to San Diego, did a show in San Diego. Stats. Yep, Lestats in San Diego. Got back here at 2.30, <laughs> had to wake up, take care of some more work. Left for San Jose around noon, then drove all the way up there. We did this show in San Jose. Our buddy uh, Kevin Hawkins hosted like a little bar show up in San Jose. And that was, that was a real trip. It was basically a bar in... So the, it's all it is is a, it's like a warehouse in an industrial complex that they converted into a bar. It's a windowless bar. It's just all these. It's majority it's bar. Yeah. Oh, I'm, these are. This is me plugging the bar. Right. Like it's it's just all these old. It's a collection of bar flies, fried food, a shuffleboard. Uh, yeah, shuffleboard. Antagonistic waitress, like it literally <laughs> had every staple of like a just kind of divey bar, but like a fun place. We uh, we did the comedy show. Kevin's family, whole family was there. His grandma was there. All of his family. Yeah, his <laughs> his brother, his dad, his mom, um, the grandma. It, it would, and it was just such this like it was this whole family outing. It was uh, it was a trip, man. It was fun. Yeah, it was it was, really it was a blast and just I, getting into it with some of the barflies yeah. on stage or. Yeah. 
you know, joking around about crazy stuff in front of Kevin's grandma. Yeah. That's always anytime a grandma's at a show, yeah. everyone feels like, oh, this is you know, we got we got to mess around with old grandma. I just flirt with him. Yeah, you go up there, you do your adorable thing, and then the we. Dude. The dude uh, from San Francisco, he was uh, flirting a little too hard, I thought. Yeah, there was a, there was a couple of uh, San Francisco comics. One, which was a uh, transgender person. Nat- uh, Natasha Natasha Muse. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I thought, uh, well, she's a she now. I thought she was she, I thought she was a pretty funny comic. Yeah, she's super funny. But it was weird. I had that moment before the show because Kevin had told us, like, oh, and one of the people on the, the lineup tonight is right. transgender. And you didn't know. And, well, no, what I did was I even did this. I go, I guess she's a transgender one, joking around because she looked like such a normal girl. Right. And I was like, oh, but obviously the transgender, like, my joke was that, uh, oh, I'm saying this girl is transgender because she looked so normal she's you were attracted to her no no you were no 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 (laughs) no 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 i mean i was not i was not attracted to her but there was nothing i think she's attractive she she looked like a just like a i I don't want to say cute because now that i know she's a man but i'm what i'm cute she's cute no what i want to say is like there's nothing there until you like examine a little closer. Once I started hearing her talk and got a firm handshake from her, <laughs> you know, stuff started to make sense. But right. really, she just looked like almost like a, a librarian, substitute art teacher, like a, a chick that was not, there didn't seem anything masculine about her. Because so. normally, every transgender person I've seen up to that was always, hey, I'm a woman now, I'm right. gaudy, I got my fake tits totally out, I'm going to do right. a ton of makeup. This. Uh, man that's now a woman was the total opposite, just like totally subdued. It was bizarre. And I think that, that speaks to her as uh, a comic. Like, she's she was a comic first and uh, trying to trying to be a transgender, like, out as a transgender uh, woman second. Like, she she's one of the first comics that that was transgender that didn't like open with being transgender like she she just kind of was like a comic first and then transgender yeah she had a good balance because normally when someone like oh hey i'm in a wheelchair so here's 20 minutes on being in a wheelchair and that's it but and it's got to be tough because if you go up there in a wheelchair people expect you to address it you're all you would almost be bizarre right to go up there and not mention the fact that you're transgendered or in a wheelchair because it's almost like you're being oblivious to something that's really obvious that people expect you to address in a weird way. Like there's an audience expectation that if you go up there and you're giant and fat, people want you to at least mention that you're fat. But you almost lose something if that's all you're talking about. And uh, Absolutely. Yeah, I thought she found a a good balance there. And then we went – She's a great company, yeah. We went and did this uh, other show in San Francisco, oh, this little brother. bar show. Oh, there was, uh, brother. There was, there was only like five or six people in the audience, Give and then an like idea. a handful of uh, bar people hanging out. And, and that's fine. I'm, we were just popping in, doing a little time. But Call, some, me, call me Cab. I got to go. Yeah. I, mean, I got to go. The sta- I, a few of the comics were really bad. And it's probably not indicative of the San Francisco scene. I'm sure there's some shows that people <laughs> who come on in L.A. And, no, 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 no. It is. <laughs> No, just kidding. Throw them all under the bus. Just kidding, San Francisco. It's all right. But uh, overall, just great time. Just great to be up in the Bay Area. It's almost like – it's almost too nice. Like when I'm walking around there, I'm just like, "Ah, I don't belong here. It's a nice place to visit. But yeah, 
just everything's like too cool. I don't feel like I'm cool enough for that city. Sean Green, that is spoken just like an Angelino. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly. that is like that's 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 exactly how I feel about San Francisco. I love it. I love San Francisco. Four five days tops. Right. And then I gotta go back. It's really I gotta in love get with the itself. fuck out of there. Is it too pretentious? It's weird. It's in love with itself. It's San it Francisco. Is. It is. It's like there was North Face. Yeah. Well, you had pointed that out, and we were at this burrito place, and literally there was, like, it almost looked like those Russian nesting dolls because of my perspective. Like, there was a guy who was closer to me, was a bigger guy wearing a North Face doll, or North Face shirt, or jacket, and then, like, a smaller guy, and then the smaller guy. Like, there were, like, three North Face jackets lined up in a row. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's San Francisco. It's kind, of, it's kind of what you expect. It's everything that's cool. Which is like, hey, exciting ideas, technology, recycling. But then, yeah, kind of being in so self-absorbed. A little bit then of there that. comes a moment where you're like, oh, you didn't recycle that. But also, like, the character of the city is just so beautiful. Like, just walking around it, like... Yeah, I mean, you walk around Los Angeles, it's like, all right, there's a there's a soiled mattress that someone still decided to spray paint, and here it's like, oh, there's a garden collective that people put together. (laughs) You're you're such better people. There's uh, the union between the two cities that uh, L.A. is like looking. I think I feel like you know we go up there and it's like, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, just all be one. All be one. All be one. That's a that's a great it's a great idea. It's a great idea, Eric. Great way to bring this podcast home. Of course, every um, we're gonna wrap things up here. Eric, appreciate you coming on the program, man. Thanks. Where can people check you out? Uh, Twitter. Okay. At Dodorian Bo. Also, uh, all across the LA comedy scene. You know, I'm I'm, I'm trying to do my thing. I'm trying okay. to, I'm trying to hustle. Thank you very much for having me, Logan. No problem, Sean. Yep. You guys are bros. I yep. love you. Logan, you want to uh, wrap things up with a haiku? Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Mama Green's Smackdown. <laughs> Transgender chicks turn Sean on. <laughs> <laughs> Could be further from the truth. Kevin's mom, maybe, but... Crystal meth. Saves lives. She was cute. Not going to lie. And I'm not going to lie that tonight, Saturday, we will be having the Comedy Garage at Rafa's Lounge, 1836 West Sunset Boulevard. Ton of great comedians on the program, 9 o'clock. Probably Aaron Lampard, right? Aaron Lampard, Claudia Hogan, Matt Bronger, Dan Cronin. Good times all around. Make sure you guys come out for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in the Green Room. We do it live here every week on ShantiGreen.com. Thanks for listening to The Green Room. Log on to SeanTGreen.com to access archive episodes and follow the show on Twitter at Green Room Show. Also check out DocumentaryLabel.com. What he seen her walk by in them tight jeans and he looked at her.